0: return in the word of God tonight to this incredible and honest account that we have in Matthew chapter 11. I want you to imagine that you are John the Baptist in this remarkable account. You have been taken into custody by King Herod Antipas and you have been locked up in a gloomy dungeon in the gloomy fortress of Mercurion about five miles from the Dead Sea. The conditions are as grim as they can possibly be. And you know, in your own heart, you wouldn't want anyone to be there. And there is only one possible light in the midst of such gloomy darkness, in that you are allowed to receive visitors. And one day... Two visitors come to see you. And you have heard something about the works of the Lord Jesus. And you say to these two visitors, I want you to go and find the Christ. And I want you to ask him a question. Are you the coming one or do we look for another? You know about the deeds of Jesus. You remind yourself that you have said some wonderful and amazing things about him. You go down memory lane and you know that you have been used as a mighty mouthpiece of the only true and the only living God. You remember that glorious occasion when in chapter 3 and verse 11 you make this wonderful statement, I indeed baptise you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. You have been totally fearless and you have been full of love about the glorious person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You love him. You are devoted to him. But when you hear of him, you have certain questions in your own mind's eye. You can remember only too well that you bore witness of him, and you cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we have all received, and grace for grace. You have declared him to be the Lamb of God who took away the sin. Of the world. But when you hear about him, you recognize that he does not quite match up to the Messiah that you have preached. For you have clearly declared in that portion in Matthew chapter 3 about the Lord Jesus and the coming judgment. And you have said quite clearly in the 12th verse, His winnowing fan is in his hand and he will thoroughly clean out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. And you think to yourself, I haven't seen that. I preached it but I haven't seen it. Is he the one that is to come or should we look for another? In your own heart, you recognize that the Lord Jesus is not matching up to your expectations and to what you have preached about him. You have proclaimed that Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit, but you have also proclaimed that the Lord Jesus will come with stern judgment and that he will separate the wheat from the chaff and he will bring in the most terrible judgment. And yet here is this man, Jesus. He's preaching to large crowds. He's training his own followers. He's performing some of the most remarkable miracles. But he's not imposing judgment on the wicked. And here you are, in prison because you have denounced Herod's illicit marriage and you are seeking to be faithful to God and to his word but where is the Lord Jesus in all this where is the Lord Jesus denouncing Herod where is the Lord Jesus imposing judgment and you send a message to him you're not quite sure Are you the coming one, or do we look for another? Now you know only too well that you're known for your straight talking. You were never really meant for the diplomatic service. For you know that when many of the Pharisees and Sadducees came for baptism, you said to them, Brood of vipers! Who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Now that's not everybody's favourite memory verse. Therefore bear fruits worthy of repentance. You are very blunt. And you were very sure about the judgement that was to come. And when you hear of the Lord Jesus, in your own mind and what he's doing, things don't seem to own up. Add up, And so these two friends go to the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus answers that question. Go and tell John things that you hear and say. The blind see and the lame walk. The lepers are cleansed and the deaf hear. The dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them. And blessed is he who is not offended because of me. A very gracious reply, a very tender reply, a very loving reply. And it is a reply that is based on Isaiah chapter 35 regarding the coming Messiah. And verses 5 and 6. Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped, Then the lame shall leap like a deer, and the tongue of the dumb sing, For water shall burst forth in the wilderness, and streams in the desert. And you remember in your own mind, something like Isaiah chapter 61, and verses 1 and 2. Very interesting words indeed. Isaiah 61, and verses 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has appointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, and the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. you immediately think of that Isaiah scroll but where is the judgment where is the judgment you remember see that the Lord Jesus is mentioning the blessings where is the judgment there's so much hypocrisy there's so much evil there is so much wickedness and when you hear the reply you begin to think the blessings of the kingdom are dawning But maybe what's happening is a fulfilment of scripture. And if judgement has not yet dawned, it will yet come. And the Lord Jesus is asking you to focus on the good that is being done. And you begin to think deeply, and you begin to think clearly about his reply. And you go down the scriptures... And you remember in Old Testament times, judgment comes after the offer of mercy. If you've never had doubts, thank God for it. But there are times, if believers were honest, when they do at times have doubts. Look at that man in North Korea. What an absolute monster he is. Look at the way he deals with his own people. And even worse, look at the way in which he deals with the Lord's people. Why doesn't God deal with him? Look at that man Putin in Russia and the terrible trouble that he's brought upon people in the Ukraine and even upon his own people. And the many soldiers, Russian soldiers that have lost their lives. Why doesn't God deal with Putin? Perhaps you prayed long and hard over a particular situation, an urgent situation in your own life. And at times perhaps the enemy has come to you and said, if there is a God, why does he allow it to continue? And he may come to you and say, are you not just praying into the air? The hymn that we've just sung says this When doubts and fears arise, teach me your way. Maybe you're having a problem with assurance. Am I really a child of God? Perhaps you know what it is to fall into sin. How can I be a child of God and fall into sin? Maybe there are honest questions that you have, and you're not yet a true believer. And you have honest questions. You have honest doubts. Well, if you're a young person and you live in a Christian home, take it to your mum and dad. Talk to them. You hear about the Lord Jesus in the home. And perhaps in your mind, as you're beginning to start in your life, you're beginning to ask the question, can this really be the truth? But I tell you, my friends, there can be nothing more wonderful, nor more glorious, nor amazing, than the Christian gospel. And Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And there are times when the enemy will fill your mind with doubts. He did it right back there in the Garden of Eden. It's as old as the Garden of Eden. In chapter 3 of Genesis and verse 1, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, Has he indeed said, You shall not eat ...of every tree of the garden. And the devil's work... ...is to undermine... ...what God has said... ...in... ...his word. A few weeks ago... ...a new convert... ...and he's very honest... ...and he's very open... ...he said to me this... ...he said, Ray, I believe in the gospel... ...I believe in the truths of the word of God... But I still fear that when the lights go out, there'll be nothing there. And I said to him, look at scripture. What does scripture say? Faith must rest in the pure word of God. And Paul the Apostle said, I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. That for every believer there is laid up for them a crown of righteousness. Take God at his word. And if you know what it is to be beset with doubts, it can come from Satan you know. and it can come from a reservoir of unbelief in your own heart. Answer it with the word of God. Take hold of the word of God and always seek to keep unbelief but by. Now you notice also here where Jesus said and blessed is he who is not offended because of me in verse 6. Jesus knew that he would not meet up with the expectations of people of the day. Look at his parents. They were poor. Look at his birth. He was born a virgin, look at his place of birth Bethlehem look at his education he was not taught in the school of the rabbis look at his place of employment, a carpenter's shop in Nazareth look at his disciples what a rabble and they were a rabble and yet the Lord Jesus chose every one of them look at who he ate with He ate with tax collectors and he ate with sinners. And he preached about his own deity. Before Abraham was, I am. He preached about his own eternity. And blessed are those who are not offended because of him. Are you not coming to the Lord Jesus because you have honest and you have sincere doubts. Then be open with them and be honest about them and speak to someone about them. Don't keep that, don't keep those doubts from coming to know the glorious person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed are those who are not offended because of me. Look at a crucified saviour. Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. And yet here was one who died on that tree in order that you and I might be forgiven and you and I might be reconciled to the great God of heaven and the great God of earth. What is holding you back from coming to know the glorious person Of the Lord Jesus Christ. John the Baptist was prepared to ask honestly. And openly and freely. And the Lord Jesus didn't rebuke him sternly. He graciously answered his question. He didn't keep John the Baptist at a distance. He wanted that John the Baptist would recognise that he didn't need to look for another, that he was truly the one who is to come. And my dear friends, tonight, when we look at the Lord Jesus, he never kept people at a distance. He touched the leper. He horrified the religious establishment of the day. He touched the leper. He broke through the ceremonial law of the old covenant. He opened the eyes of the blind. He unstopped the deaf ears. He was always available. He went to the house of Zacchaeus, the most unthinkable thing, the home of the chief tax collector. And yes, I know it's not popular to be a Christian in such an anti-Christian day. And I would plead with you you may well have honest doubts as John the Baptist had but be open and honest about them and ask people and talk to them and speak with them. When he was here the Lord Jesus wonderfully changed lives and he can do the same with you. Blessed is he who is not offended because of me the Lord Jesus deals tenderly and gives a tender rebuke to John just the same as he did with a man born blind just the same as he did with a woman caught in the very act of adultery you remember how that they came to him with her caught in the very act of adultery ah that's going to catch him they thought Because the Old Testament, the Old Covenant says that she should be stoned. And Jesus wrote on the ground and he said that one of you is without sin. Cast the first stone. And they left. And the Lord Jesus said, does no man condemn you? And then of course he said, go and sin no more. My dear friends, he's willing to receive you tonight. Young person here, older person here tonight, he's ready and willing and able to receive you. And if you do have doubts, then speak about them. And let the answers be given. For I have a wonderful saviour to proclaim. And I long that you might come to this glorious and this wonderful person. Do you know him? Do you love him? Do you adore him? Do you long that you might receive him? He's a wonderful and a glorious saviour. Go and tell John the things which you hear and see, the blind see and the lame walk, the lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up and the poor have the gospel preached to them and blessed is he who is not offended because of me. My friends, you may have honest doubts. Deal with them, with the word of God. And come to the Lord Jesus as you are, and pray that truly, that he might change your heart, and change your life, and make you one of his children. But you notice how wonderfully the Lord Jesus stands up for John. In verse 7. As they departed, Jesus began to say to the multitudes concerning John, What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? And what did you go out to see? A man clothed in soft garments? Indeed those who wear soft dry clothing are in king's houses. You may have come to the opinion that John is fickle. He's not. Yes he's wrong at the moment in his assessment because of his devotion to the truth and I put him right in that regard and he did it in a right way and in a loving way and in a kind way and in a gracious way and the crowd would no doubt remember that John the Baptist had been a mighty preacher he'd been a fearless preacher he'd been a faithful preacher. He had been like a sturdy oak, not like a trembling reed. Go and tell John these things. And John was certainly different in his preaching, but he was also different in his clothing, wasn't he? The Pharisees, they wore black, and there was a distinction between the rich Pharisees and the poor Pharisees. They had different clothing. They were distinct as well. But John the Baptist was so different as well. Camels here. Maybe those camels had camel, camels here. Have fleas in them, fleas in them. He was so different. He was so distinct. He was so fearless. And instead of flattering the king, he rebuked him. And we know the story only too well that he will be beheaded. And John was not only a prophet. He was spoken of even in the Old Testament. He was spoken of in Malachi and chapter 3 and verse 1. And what a wonderful statement that was in the book of Malachi, where we read these remarkable words about John. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. And the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple, even the messenger <coughs> of the covenant, in whom you delight. Behold, he is coming, says the Lord. Of house. I wonder how John felt when he heard this message. Maybe he felt a sense of shame. Maybe he did. Maybe he thought to himself, I've been wrong. No doubt he did. And he thought, well, in the Old Testament, under the Old Covenant, Yes, mercy did come first. The offer of mercy was first. And then judgment came later. The Lord Jesus was so gracious to him. And I tell you tonight, the Lord Jesus will be gracious to you. If you come and you honestly bring those doubts to him, or you share those doubts with other believers then, my friends, he will be willing and ready to deal with you as gently as he dealt with John. It's not easy. It's not easy to stand for the Lord Jesus in our day. I know it's not. It's not easy to be a Christian in that school. It's not easy to be a Christian in that place of work. I know it's not. It's very difficult. It's not easy to be honest ...in a dishonest society. But I would plead with you... ...there is no greater... ...more wonderful... ...nor glorious life... ...than the Christians. Young person, please... ...please... ...please, if you have honest questions then seek the answers, but most of all, seek the Saviour. Seek the glorious person of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus said of John in verse 9, But what did you go out to see, a prophet? Yes, I say to you, and more than a prophet, for this is he of whom it is written, Behold, I send my messenger before your face, who will prepare your way before you if you're a Christian who's never had doubts you thank God for that but there are Christians who have honestly have doubts but seek to deal with them don't live with them and ask, uh, answer those doubts with the word of God have the word of God <coughs> for you and we are to be Fearless. The thing about John the Baptist was he was fearless. We live in a day when you have to give feedbacks, don't you? You go to the building society, they send you an email, they want a feedback. You go to the bank, they want a feedback. But it doesn't matter what people say. It's what Christ thinks and what Christ says. And Christ stood up for John and was most gracious was most loving, was most kind and was most understanding toward him even though he gave him a most gentle of rebuke and therefore I will plead with you tonight to come to the Lord Jesus as you are and to seek him with all of your heart those doubts if you have them can be answered but apathy is an awful thing as well when I was last here we looked at that great text about not neglecting so great salvation and maybe you've been neglecting it maybe you've not been seeing it as important we neglect things because we don't see them as important and I plead with you again not to neglect this so great salvation. It is wonderful. The Lord Jesus has come into the world in order to save men and women and in order to save boys and girls. And he is available tonight. And he says, Come unto me, all you that labour and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Find rest in the glorious person of the Lord Jesus. I plead with you to come to him. The Lord Jesus was so gentle with John, and he will be gentle with you. Whatever you've done, whatever you've done, whatever you've said, The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses from all sin. But then Jesus says this, Assuredly I say to you, among those born of women has not risen one greater than John the Baptist, but he who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. did John mean that? I'll tell you next time. (laughs) I'm doing a David Hercock tonight. I'll tell you next time. Let us pray. O Lord our God how thankful we are for the gracious way in which your son dealt with John the Baptist he had sincere doubts are you the coming one or do we look for another O God in heaven we do pray that those here who perhaps do have doubts that their doubts will be answered. And if there are believers here who are going through a very difficult time and they have doubts, Lord, we pray that they might turn to the precious promises of the Word of God. We know, Lord, that you give your promises and as an old writer says, but providence tries them. Lord, may they be found trusting in you, like Job trusted in you, I was able to say, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. O God in heaven, do meet with those who are in need tonight. And we know that your son will meet with them graciously, as he met so graciously with John. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen.